When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and today I am joined by the great Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. You must be doing, you must be over the moon. You just got back from Bermuda. Uh, great late January spot. I imagine it was, a, it was a time and a half, I would assume. 65 degrees, got some golfing. It was great, Evan. No complaints at all. Was it beach weather at all or no? I mean, like 65, a little windy. Like, I didn't go to the beach at all. But the fact that you go out in the evening wearing shorts and a polo, I think that's a, a victory in and of itself, right? I was going to say, I feel like that is the dream. If you can if you can just in the, be anywhere in the winter where you can put some shorts and, like, a polo shirt on or a T-shirt, I feel like that's bliss. And, and if you wanted to wear a quarter zip, you could, but... If you're feeling dangerous, you can just go with the shirt. You know, like you have the options there. The world's your oyster. That's the perfect kind of weather for it. It is. It is. And, uh, you know, it just it looked great. The golfing must have been awesome. Were there, yeah. Was it was it packed? Were there a ton of people down no. there? Literally, like, the uh, we had no one behind us for, like, five holes for the entire time. <laughs> so I went with a, few, went with a few buddies down there for that. Um, and, yeah, no one behind us, no one really bothering us. So... Uh, I myself am not very talented, but when you have no pressure behind you, you can take your time and just suck throughout the course, right? So Exactly. Hit time, a few mulligans. Good yeah, good times had by all, so no complaints. That's good. It, you know what, though? Like, credit to you and your buddies. The trip made it out of the group chat. That That's a that's big true. step. Like, a lot of times, the trip gets talked about every year, my friends, and I say, oh, we got to do a golf trip in the middle of winter, and it never comes together. So maybe I need to get a little inspiration from you. And mm-hmm. just make it happen. I think that yes. needs to be what takes place. Um, but anyways, uh, the Bruins, I think, are heading in. Uh, you and the Bruins were heading in different directions on your way home. Uh, you were heading back here to Boston. They are probably flocking to Bermuda and the Bahamas and all different kinds of warm tropical places, hopefully, uh, as they have a little bit of a break here um, until uh, next week. So it's a good, it's a well-earned break. Uh, and they went into that break. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty damn good. Laying a nice old beat down on on Philadelphia on Saturday afternoon. Six to two. Um, yes. Crazy first period. Bruins scored a bunch. Um, again, Philly's a pretty good team this year. Like that's, you know, they've been maybe one of the most surprising teams in the, in the NHL. And to go in there right before a break too. Like I know you want to go into the break strong. But Connor, remember back in the day in school when it was the end of the, you know, You'd be going into like a winter break or, you know, a Thanksgiving break. And those last couple, like the last day or so, you'd be like, ah, I really don't want to do any work. I just want to go into the break. They didn't do that. Credit to them. They they finished strong. They curb stomped the Flyers and then go into this break uh, riding high. 
Yeah, no, it was, uh, again, professional win. I think it's what we've seen quite a bit since this uh, post-Christmas kind of surge that they've been in. Um, as you said, you look at the scenarios, the fact that they've been playing a lot of games as of late. Last day, last game before a long break against a pretty hungry team that, you know, that uh, John Terrell is not the guy to put, you know, his foot off the gas. Like, there's no. going to be no malaise going into it for them based on just the way the, the, the Flyers are playing uh, right now. And the Bruins stomped him, right? I mean, it helps me as David Pasternak, who demolishes Philadelphia whenever he gets to play them. So oh that certainly God. helps. But it was, again, I think it was just an, uh, a testament just of how strong this team is playing right now. That, you know, you're missing a few guys. DeBrusque wasn't in the lineup, a few other players. But uh, JVR has a three-point game. Danton Heinen scores a goal, right? Charlie Coyle gets a goal. Pavel Zaka, I think, has two assists. Um, he had that sick uh, setup for uh, McAvoy's goal. Um, it was pretty much a tapping for McAvoy there. Like that again shows you, yes, it helps when you've got a guy like Pasternak who opens the scoring with that nasty shot to open the game. But um, the fact that once again, you're having so many other guys get involved uh, all across the lineup. It's a good sign. It just shows you that kind of wherever they are, whatever lineup or, or uh, way that Montgomery kind of shuffles these lines around, you're having guys contribute in all kind of land on the score sheet. It's very, very encouraging just of how they're playing as one unit right now. It feels like. It is. And, you know, it's interesting. Last time the Bruins went into a break, they were struggling. It was the Christmas break and, uh, you know, there was no offense. And it's been a complete 180 in the month since where we've talked about this a number of times. But as you said, different guys are stepping up all over the lineup. And, you know, Pasternak is far and away an MVP candidate, all that stuff. But you got guys like Coyle and Marchand who are over 40 points. Heinen's, as you said, been uh, producing. Pavel Zaka. We know this, but every time he does it, I'm always blown away. His hockey sense, his ability to find guys in the offensive zone and, and you know, in uh, offensive zone entries is so impressive. And I am such a fan. Trent Frederick, too. Like, what, what he has done. We'll get to Trent Frederick in a little bit. Trent Frederick, according to... Uh, well, I, you know what? I don't want to tease it. I don't want to tease it. We'll, we'll, we'll save that for a little bit later. Don't want don't to get ahead of ourselves because once I say it, we'll start talking about it. Yes. I want to keep it in the middle of the episode. Um, but, you know, I was taking a look at the standings, Connor. I was looking at the NHL standings on Monday. And uh, the Bruins are tied with the Vancouver Canucks for the most points in the NHL. So it's pretty fun that the Canucks again. Be, again, we've said it. A cool, uh, I almost said Super Bowl, a cool Stanley Cup matchup. Um, but are you worried at all? That the Bruins are on a President's Trophy winning pace, and when the season ends, like you almost have to think if they're on track to win it with five games left, you got to think they try to like lose a couple and just to be like, yeah, we didn't get it. See, we're going in the playoffs, not the best team again. Yeah, I mean, probably if you're a Bruins fan or anyone who's well aware of how last year ended, maybe that doesn't help your case in terms of you just have the target on your back, you have all those things. Um, that being said, I mean, for this team, I don't know if it's that much of that. I'm just like, we know what happened last year. We, we must, we must fall out of the number one seed, uh, in the NHL. Um, but I also think you look at the way this team is constructed and the fact that they're at their best when it's, you know, so many guys pulling on the rope. I feel like if you're the Bruins, you'd rather be happy with a lot of guys playing confidently, right? Like you don't want to be going into the playoffs with, you know, losing four out of five, and Pasternak's the only guy generating offense. Would you rather that? Would you rather be, you know, going in on a high note with Zaka feeling confident, Charlie Coyle, you know, potting a few goals, Heinen playing well, JVR doing well, Jake DeBrus going in on a heater. 
Uh, campus Lindholm feeling confident about his game. Like, I, I think when you look at this team and how important it is to have so many guys at key cogs in the lineup playing at a high level, right? You keep that, that trend going, even, you know, as damning as it might be to finish in that number one seed. Uh, I think the overall confidence of so many players is so key as to what makes this team great. Cause if, you know, we've seen it when one or two guys goes on a, a huge kind of slump here, their confidence is down, whether it's DeBrusque or Frederick. Or you know a, a top four defenseman, um, or even one of your goalies. You you look at this Bruins team, right? Would you want one of your goalies in a rut going into the playoffs when we no. know that most likely the best option is keeping that rotation in place, as risky as that is, and how tough it is to kind of practice it in principle in an actual scenario. Um, I, I still think yes, you maybe don't want that President's Trophy hanging over you, having that target on your back. But that being said. Um, I feel like that's the case every year, right? Every, every team goes in thinking they can beat any other team out there. All comes down to matchups as opposed to the the label of where a team falls. So if I'm the Bruins, I'm not shying away from that number one seat of it's right there in their lap. But rather than keep on winning, feeling good about their game, and having this uh, entire lineup uh, playing uh, at a high level as opposed to, you know, I don't think you want to be the Tampa Bay Lightning where it's like, all right, we got – a couple of Joes in the third and fourth line, but Kucherov himself can lift us there in Vasilevsky. Like, Bruins aren't really built that way this year, especially. They're going to be at their best going into the playoffs. And I think people forget, uh, you know, last year, I remember the Bruins kind of went for it in that final game against Montreal when, again, there was no reason to, but like Bergeron played and I, I, he kind of got hurt in that game. But uh, they won that game and then they won the first three of the, the first four games in the playoffs. And I know it didn't matter because they lost. But they didn't, you know, start out and just get killed in that series. They shot themselves in the foot halfway through and things unraveled. But, again, they, they finished strong in that season. And, again, they still won the first three of their first four games. Uh, I, the President's Trophy thing is weird to me because, again, your chances of winning the Cup are so small anyways. Like, you're one of 16 teams still. Like, it, to, to me, like, even if you're in that first seed, it doesn't matter a heck of a lot. Uh, but I agree with you. It comes down to matchups. You know, who are you getting? And again, you look at last year, the Florida Panthers weren't really a last seed in the East type of team. They no. should have been a lot better throughout the season. Uh, they had some issues uh, during the season, which had them in that final spot. But looking back, now seeing them as the second team in the Atlantic, who, you know, they have a good lineup and a good roster. Uh, it's like, wow, I don't know how they were that final seed in the East. Right. Uh, one more thing on on the President's Trophy stuff. You know, when I was talking to Pete Blackburn about this on um, last week, we were talking a lot about how expectations have kind of changed a little bit. Because going into this year, we talked a lot about, they're not saying it's a bridge year, but it kind of is. Patra's in the lineup. He was going to potentially be in the top six. Beecher's in. You got a lot of younger guys throughout. Um, you know, you might get a look at Lowry at some point. But especially up front, you know, you got Geeky is kind of a prove-himself guy. Van Riemsdyk, these are value prove prove themselves kind of players. Uh, and you don't know what you're going to get. You had them well, you had them in second in the Atlantic yes. and winning a round. I had them in third, losing in the first round. I've since changed it to I think either they'll finish in second or first and make it past the first round. But at any point, at any rate, they're, they're first in the NHL right now. You should not be out in the first round. You should not be out. You, know, you should be making a deep run with where they're at. Um in the standings, and I think that has sort of changed expectations a little bit, and it kind of hits it like, you know, them sending down uh, Beecher and Lowry in the sense that, yes, of course, you don't have to clear waivers, but also Boquist and his veteran presence and 
you know, going with older guys on that back end maybe makes a little bit more sense considering they're kind of pushing for a cup now. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think does probably change your expectation. And again, I, I think it's all about taking a proactive look at this year and the opportunity without putting all your cards on, you know, putting all your chips on the table in terms of, you know, I think we've talked about this before, but I still don't think this is a team, the way it's constantly, the way it's constructed and especially how the long-term outlook of this team is where uh, you should be giving up more future first or anything like that. I mean, I don't think that's even uh, a likely scenario just on the fact that Bruins have no cap space right now. Like, I, I just don't think they're going to be very aggressive this deadline. And again, like, look at the way this team has played. Yeah, so you can make the argument that he's another top four guy, another top six player. If you want a, a center for the future and you want a guy like Linton, maybe you go after him. But way this team playing right now, it almost feels like I'm not, I don't think you should besmirch the Bruins for being like, we've got a pretty good team right now. They're equipped. And if they're playing at their high, at the highest level, they can win a round or two just off of really good goaltending and defense alone. And if guys like DeBrusque get hot or a JVR or Heinen or Frederick, if any one of those guys jumps in and, and adds that scoring output, you can easily win a round or two or three, right? Like just the way they are without having to really augment your group and sacrifice future assets. Like the Bruins are already in a pretty good spot when you have all this cap space coming up uh, this upcoming off season, you got a lot of guys already signed long-term. So it's almost like it's better to probably stay the course, run it with this very, you know, uh, surprising team. We have so many guys playing at a high level um, and then, you know, reassessing your priorities during this off season, as opposed to maybe going full throttle uh, and doing anything like that during this season, at least. What what other team in this market said they were going to go full throttle? No one would ever say that, right? I forget. Yeah, I don't know. That that could blow up in your face if you say it. So I don't think anyone would want to say that. No, anyone who's in that position would never want to or do that ever. I mean, no, you eat your words. No one would ever think to do that. Yeah. Um, But something that you do want to think to do is go to our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch. I'm sorry, I'm getting the middle seat. Grabbing your favorite football snacks, whether it be some chicken wings, some buffalo chicken dip, chips and salsa. I mean, you can really go crazy eating whatever you would like at the Super Bowl. And then finally, and this is my favorite, it's placing some super bets. And when it comes to Super Bowl, FanDuel's got pretty much anything you could want to bet on. For me, I'm not a 49ers fan. I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm a Pats fan. So I don't have an inherent love for either team. Neither team is particularly my favorite. So to keep myself interested in the game, betting makes it really, really fun. You want to bet on Patrick Mahomes passing yards or Brock Purdy's passing yards. Uh, George Kittle's been hot lately. So is Travis Kelsey. Is Travis Kelsey going to get more than, you know, one touchdown with Taylor Swift in attendance? Potentially. I don't know. That's what makes it fun. And that's what makes FanDuel so fun. There are so many things to bet on. And you can also do a parlay so you can win even more money. It's just awesome. And again, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Again, not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more, as I mentioned. Again, I'm a parlay guy. 
I like to put together the anytime touchdowns. That's a big one for me because that it just feels like I, I can win those uh, better. Sometimes I'm good at them, so I like those. Uh, new customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's fanduel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL in Massachusetts. 21 plus and present in Mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Now... Back to Bruins beef. So you hit on it. Uh, the deadline. It's coming. Uh, people, you know, it's going to start ramping up. More trade rumors. Uh, teams are going to make some big moves. And this happens every year. Uh, Bruins fans rightfully say, hey, when are the Bruins going to make a big move? Want to bolster our team. Other teams are doing it. It's an arms race. You know, you got to keep up with everybody. I remember last year, our tone kind of changed on the deadline because we're like, all right, wait, this is the last dance. Put the chips to the middle of the table. They did that. Wasn't Sweeney's fault why it didn't work out. Just wasn't. Um, but uh, The Athletic recently ran a story, uh, six trade ideas for Elias Lindholm from Calgary, the center who has been on the trade block forever and is on an expiring deal and has been linked to the Bruins for a long time because of fit. He would fit here, two-way center, all that stuff. So the trade proposed by The Athletic was a 2025 first-round pick, Matt Patra, and Trent Frederick for Elias Lindholm. No. And I looked at that. I looked at that, Connor, and I said, no fucking way. Sorry. That's not that, – I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And that's not holding on to assets – that's not, you know, hoarding younger players because I think we both agree with a lot of prospects. Sometimes you do have to fish or cut bait. Those are two prospects. Never mind the first round pick, but those are two prospects who have, you know, Potter's got a very high ceiling. Frederick mm-hmm. is finding his groove as an NHLer. It's a uh, line driver. Yeah. It's exactly like to me, take out the first round pick is also dumb, but you know, you don't want to give those up. But just the prospects themselves, no, no. So I assume you no. agree. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, not only the fact that you also then have to pay him a, a long-term contract. And again, like, is Elias Lindholm a, a great player? Yes. Is he a top six gentleman for the future for your team? Absolutely. But I think you're in a pretty uh, good spot right now if you're the Bruins where you're kind of operating with some leverage here because the center position, as we said, pretty much since, like, this, you know, the first month of the year, Center position has not been an area of, uh, of weakness for this team, right? Like between Coyle, Agreed. Zaka, Patra, Frederick, Beecher, Boquist, whatever. Like, it, again, is it the flashiest group? No. Is it Bergeron and Krejci? Fuck no. Of course not. But, like, you're not going to have that again. Um, but it's hard to overlook those numbers in terms of what they're giving you, right? Like, they're whatever it is, like, it's working for how they're playing with those guys down the middle now. Uh, does that mean you don't want to look at the center market at all? No, of course not. Like if Lindholm's a free agent this year, maybe you look at him then. If, you know, a few years down the road and like the Sharks are moving hurdle and they want to eat some of that money and you take some of it just to get them off your books, maybe you address that. The the white whale for me, like of Clayton Keller, when the uh, Coyotes eventually run out of cap space and they can't sign him, they, they put him on the market. 
Maybe that's the situation, right? But I don't think this year the Bruins have to be one of those desperate teams that are going to have to give up more than what is probably required just to get a guy to fix an area of the team that isn't an issue right now, this current season, right? Like, you want to say, like, do you want 34-year-old Coyle in a few years being your top six centerman? Maybe not, right? Like, again, he's kind of proven a lot of people wrong so far, but for this year especially, I don't view it as being something where you have to go above and beyond outbid other teams for him. Because, again, whether it's a first-round pick, which you got to stop doing it, you know, this is a perfect year to finally not give up a first-round pick um, uh, for this season. But when you add in the fact that Patra is a center who, again, even though he's gone through some ups and downs, as is expected for a 19-year-old kid, um, still has really high ceiling, a lot to like about his game. And then you add in the fact that uh, Trent Frederick, it's not like he's a toss-in piece now. Guy's on pace no. for 20 goals and 40 points. Like, <laughs> And, again, like I said earlier, like a line-driving guy, wherever line he's on, the team gets better. You put him up in the, the, the top line with Marshan and Coyle for a few games, and he was dynamite. Like That's kind of how uh, Frederick's playing right now. He's not a toss-in piece. So you're giving up a first-round selection, which is already a covered asset for this team, a 19-year-old center who, like, you know, people can be it's like... basically well, a first-round pick. That's another yeah. basically a first-round pick. And people can be like, well, you look at, like, what Jack Sneka did. Like, he was a top prospect. Like, yeah, Patro's, like, shown that he's got potential. Maybe he's yes ends up being a 3C, but, like, there's a lot to like about Patro's game. Like, even a first month into the year, I think some guy was comparing him to Sorelli. Like, maybe he's a, a, a 2C, 3C, but Sorelli's pretty damn good at what he does. There's a lot of value there. And you had in Frederick, who's 25 has that coveted kind of power forward uh, ability. Plus, like he's on pace for like 20 fucking six goals. Like, no, no, not at all, Evan. No, I agree. And I, again, I, the, the Frederick thing is interesting because he also adds Snarl, which you need. This lineup needs that. He provides it. He is on a track to be that kind of player that people want in the NHL now, where bigger, power forwardy, but also has skill, can contribute, good in their own zone, like good with kind of any situation. He's morphing into that quickly. And it's two straight seasons now of him being real good. He's not a throw-in player anymore. He is very much a valuable uh, member of this team. And I think when the playoffs start, you want a guy like him in your lineup, in a specific role, thriving. And I think he's, uh, again, on pace to do that. The center position, though, is interesting. Because I, I have a take on the center position with the Bruins that it's kind of new. It's a little bit new, but first, uh, I love HelloFresh. So here's a quick word from our friends at HelloFresh. The more we talk about Elias Lindholm, now he's having a down season, right? A couple years ago, he had, I think, 82 points in 82 games. It was a really good season for him. Last year, I think he had 64 points. This year, uh, his production has dipped. I know we don't love plus minus, but plus minus is definitely in the negatives. And obviously, the Flames are a team in turmoil, so there's a lot around that team if kind of take into consideration sort of like Hampus Lindholm with the Ducks a couple years ago but at the same time let's say you did get Lindholm right and you did yeah. make that deal is he that much different from what Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka are giving you no he's not he's not that much different um and again yes you would move Zaka to the wing in that case and yes that helps your top six but is it worth giving up what you would give up in that trade for no it's not because it's not that much different and this hits at this point the only way I think the Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka, this is galaxy brain thinking, okay? Galaxy brain thinking. Put on your thinking caps. Galaxy brain level stuff. 
Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zaka have played their way and played the Bruins into a situation where at the beginning of the year we were saying, all right, these are good holdover guys, but the Bruins do need to add someone and maybe draft someone. Or then Patra started to you know, come together. It's like, all right, Patra's going to probably be one of those guys. And then you got to either trade for one or maybe you draft one. To me, Coyle and Zaka have played their way into uh, being legitimate top six centers in the NHL. And really putting the Bruins in a situation where I think the only way you truly acquire a top six center is via the draft. I think that's really the only way you do it. Because think about it. If you're going to tra- trade for a top six center, Lindholm is probably the best on the market right now. And he's not that much different from Coyle and Zaka. So you're giving up a lot for that. Um, you know, are you going to get one in free agency? We talk about this all the time. Number one franchise centers don't usually come around in, in free agency. If one does and it falls in your lap, great. Like, you know, not complaining, but I don't think that's likely to happen. What's more than likely to happen is uh, you find a way to get a first round pick uh, either this year or, you know, you you keep yours next year for 2025 and you hit on a pick, whether it's first, second round or wherever. To me, that seems like the way um, going out and acquiring a true number one center, or top six center, I a, the team doesn't have the assets for it, and B, they just don't need it right now. And I know that's a lot of people are going to disagree with me on that, but I think the draft is really the only way at this point. Yeah, I mean, I kind of compare the Bruins right now, and I mentioned this uh, on a recent podcast with Ty when we were recording, um, where I almost compare the Bruins and their focus on the center position, almost like the Golden Knights before they got Eichel, where it's like, they had guys that really elevated and established themselves as top six guys. And no one expected, right? Like obviously William Carlson scoring 40 goals, but even past that maybe outlier year, I think a very common top six guy in that spot. No one expected mm-hmm. that. Chandler Stevenson, people were like, what the f- third like, line, fourth line exactly. guy. I think a very good middle six centerman right now. Like, he's probably going to make like 6 million in free agency this <laughs> upcoming season. So like, those, you know, so like those are two guys that, uh, filled that spot and did a more than you know uh, more than solid job right like they were very good with those guys and a lot of talent on the wing that further elevated that kind of forward group but I think Golden Knights viewed is like you know we'll still keep an eye out if the right situation is there whether a guy it does hit free agency whether uh, a team is moving a guy who's disgruntled or we're trying to dump a contract we'll be in the we'll be in the market for it and then Ico falls in their lap and they push the chips in there I almost view the Bruins as being in that spot where We've got a pretty good situation right now that people didn't expect with our, our play down the middle. We've got a lot of talent on the wings that helped them out as well, obviously. But we'll stay the course. We'll keep an eye out. You know, we'll check in on Linton. We'll check in when Hurdle gets uh, put on the market. A guy like Keller, you know, we'll talk about plenty of other guys um, that inevitably will be in the same situation. Hell, we were talking about, like, Shifley last year, and that kind of did a full 180. <laughs> these, these, thing, these things happen quite a bit, right, every single year, especially – Teams that are either staring at a cap crunch or are looking for more fiscal flexibility um, in the upcoming year. So I almost view the Bruins as being like that. Like they're in a good spot right now. They have a center position that maybe isn't flashy, but is more than doing the job. But they'll still keep tabs, right? And again, I don't think they're going to be uh, overpaying for a guy like Lindholm on the trade market. But if he's in there in free agency and you want to sign him for, you know, maybe come here, you play with Pasternak and, you know, maybe it's only seven and a half million, what have you. Take that approach where they're they're operating a lot of leverage based on one, like the fact that Boston's a very appealing market for hockey players. Uh, two, you got a lot of established talent here that you probably want to play with, which is something that Don Sweeney's mentioned multiple times, especially after they signed Pasternak long term. Uh, and they're in a spot where they can continue to kind of peruse that and 
address that situation in time, knowing that you've got a pretty good uh, grouping in place right now. And it's not even counting like hell. Maybe Potter takes a big jump next year. What do we say next year? Potter's on pace for, you know, 15 goals and 40 assists, right? Like that. Very exactly. Well. So um, again, are they just not going to listen to any uh, talk about any center that hits the market? No, of course not. They're going to do their due diligence. And they think it's a guy that's, you know, in the, the right age, age, rage, age, rain. <laughs> the age <laughs> rage. It's not like a, it's not like a boomer there. Yeah. Age rage, but I'm no, so like, angry. But if you have a guy who's 26, 27, 28, that you can really elevate that group, especially in the upcoming years. Yeah, I think you'll definitely do your due diligence there, but the Bruins aren't in this spot where they need to get one of those guys. Uh, it's a, a spot that I think a lot of teams probably envy being in, where the Bruins are already a very good team. And yeah, they could get better there, but they're not going to, I think, waste uh, valuable assets and resources to do it either. And the other thing is, it doesn't mean you can't add depth. You can go out and yeah. add a middle, you know, a, a, a middle six forward or, or a, a, you know, a third pairing defenseman. You can do all that. Please don't give up, you know, a first for it. Don't do that. But if there's something like an Adam Henrique, right? Like that's a guy that you know teams are looking at. And I, yeah. my guess is, you're, someone's gonna have to overpay a little bit for him. But if that's at the right price, it makes sense. But a true number one center, you just. You kind of got those guys right now. You know, you got Coil, you got Zaka. I don't think we're, uh, you know, we're going too hard on the, or, you know, we're, we're being too easy on them. Coil's been phenomenal this year. Zaka's been great. You got Patra waiting in the wings. Geeky's been solid uh, when when he's been at center. And you've got guys in this in this uh, system and in uh, on this team that can play center and do a good job. Uh, but again, it comes down to Coil and Zaka have played their way into it. And to me, I just think, you know, as you mentioned, unless an Eichel situation pops up where there's a center who's disgruntled, like Pierre Dubois after uh, after this season in L.A., yeah. except yeah. don't do that. Please don't do that. Remember remember those off-season talks, Evan? Thank fucking Christ that didn't happen. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm sure, most important, I'm sure Pierre Dubois is having a great time, though. He's, he's oh. enjoying hockey again. I hope he, he is. I hope California. I hope he's enjoying a hockey in the crazed market that is uh, Los Angeles, California. There's no scrutiny there. I think it says it all that Winnipeg is kicking ass right now, and that dude went straight out the door. So there is that. Again, we, I don't know everything about the, that situation, but uh, still, pretty interesting one. Uh, yeah, that's that with the with the with the uh, Elias Lindholm talks. Yeah. yeah, that's all we're talking about. We're never going to talk about the trade deadline ever again. That's it. No, that's absolutely we're done. not, Evan. Nope. We're done. We're never talking about it ever again. I just, I, I go back to, you know, I think a lot of fans are going to clamor for there to be a big move. And I get it. I get it, right? It's the shiny new toy. You want to keep up with everybody. But I think the long-term outlook here and the short-term outlook, this team's working. Things are moving in the right direction. Lines are being formed. Uh, you know, yeah, of course, you could be a little bit better defensively. And as we said, depth pieces uh, are, will be available at the deadline and I think are a smart move for the Bruins to make. But the big Tyler Bertuzzi, Dmitry Orloff type trades, you did that last year and it didn't work. And now you got to, you know, hold on to your assets. And again, but it, also you don't trade away any pieces off this team either. I think the ship has maybe sailed on trading a DeBrusque or even a Grizzlick because you're now in the stretch run here and those might be looked at as additions. But right. uh, we can get into all those things on Poke the Bear and later Bruins Beats. But uh, that has been this week's or this first episode of the week of Bruins Beat. Uh, Connor, what can people look forward to from you now that you're uh, you're you've got the sun in you? You know, you, you played your golf. Now you're back. 
you're rejuvenated. You, you know, you're, 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 uh, it's like you've come off a, a break, even though it was like two days. Uh, yes. What can people look forward to from you over at the globe and boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have to cover it every step of the way this season. Obviously, even with this break, we'll be looking at a bit of a first half recap. I know it's, it's past, it always feels weird that we always say first, second half because it's only like what, 37 games left, but. More or less, it's like the all-star break in baseball. There's a first half and a yeah. second half, just the way it's split up. Um, but we'll look at biggest surprises, uh, you know, the most pressing questions going into the second half for this team of how they get ready for hopefully a long playoff run. Um, we're going to have you covered every step of the way over at Boston.com on all those topics, not just the Bruins, but Celtics, Patriots, Red Sox, everything going on in Boston sports will have you covered there. Um, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. You'll be going full throttle over these last couple months. Without a doubt. Full full throttle. Full throttle. Nothing else. All gas, no brakes. Uh, anyways, that's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brunsby listeners. Have a great rest of your week. Teenage.